Hey, 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 this your girl, Tanetta. You're the black girl that reads your life and relationship coach from Speak Your Truth. Here to, of course, bring you another part of the book, The Master Key System. This is part number 19, y'all. We 19, we about five away, I think, from the end of the book. So like I said, if you haven't heard the other 18 parts or chapters, as I want to call them, but um, go back and check them out. They're all on the podcast for you to check out. And for you to, of course, like I said, start working on your mind, your thoughts, your environment, creating what you want to see in this life. So, so like I said, definitely check them out. Again, I'm Janetta Clay, Life and Relationship Coach at Speak Your Truth, who this podcast is actually sponsored by. Um, make sure that you, you can, of course, feel free to, of course, donate um, or tip this podcast episode or the podcast, period. Uh, make sure that you click the button down below to do so. And also, like I said, definitely Speak Your Truth sponsors this podcast, but there's going to be a link in the show notes that's going to take you to my link tree that's going to have some information on there for um, some freebies that I have, some workshops that I have. Definitely make sure that you check them out. Um, of course, especially if you're a couple that's looking to, of course, improve your relationship inside the bedroom or outside the bedroom. Make sure that you check them out. Um, so let me go ahead and get into this podcast episode. Like I said, this is part number 19 of the Master Key System. Oh, I'm looking at the thing, y'all. Wrong <laughs> thing. Wait a minute. Hold on. Part number 19. Introduction to part 19. Fear is a powerful form of thought. It paralyzes the nerve centers, thus affecting the circulation of the blood. This in turn paralyzes the muscular system so that fear affects the entire bo being, body, brain, and nerve, physical, mental, and muscular. Of course, the way to overcome fear is to become conscious of power. What is this mysterious vital force which we call power? We do not know, but then neither do we know what electricity is. But we do know that by conforming to the requirements of the law by which electricity is governed, it will be our obedient servant, that it will light our homes, our cities, run our machinery, and serve us in many useful capacities. <clears throat> and so it is with the vital force. Although we do not know what it is, and possibly may never know, we do know that it is a primary force which manifests through living bodies and that by complete, complying with the laws and principles by which, it is, by which it is governed, we can open ourselves to a more abundant inflow of this vital energy and thus express the highest possible degree of mental, moral, and spiritual efficiency. This part tells of a very simple way of developing this vital force. If you put into practice the information outlined in this lesson, you will soon develop the sense of power which has been which has ever been the distinguishing mark of genius. Well, I can't wait, y'all. I hope you can't wait either. All right, hold on. Part number 19. The search for, the, for truth is no longer a haphazard adventure. It is a systematic process and is logical in its operation. Every kind of experience is given a voice in shaping its decision. In seeking the truth, we are seeking ultimate cause. We know that every human experiencing we know that every human experience is an effect. Then if we may ascertain the cause, and if we shall find that this cause is one which we can consciously control, the effect our experience will be within our control also. Human experience will then no longer be the football of fate, 
A man will not be the child of fortune but destiny. Fate and fortune will be controlled as readily as a captain controls his ship or as an engineer his train. All things are finally resolvable into the same element, and as they are thus translatable, one into the other, they must ever be in relation and may never be in, opposite, I mean, opposition to one another. In the physical world, there are innumerable contrasts, and these may be for convenience sake, but, dis, but de, be designated by distinctive names. There are sizes, colors, shades, or ends to all things. There is a North Pole and a South Pole, an inside and an outside, a seen and an unseen, but these expressions merely serve to place extremes in contrast. There are names given to different parts of one quantity. The two extremes are relative. They are not separate entities, but are two parts or aspects of the whole. In the mental world, we find the same law. We speak of knowledge and ignorance, but ignorance is but a lack of knowledge and is therefore found to be simply a word to express the absence of knowledge. It has no principle in itself. In the moral world, we again find the same law. We speak of good and evil, but good is a reality, something tangible, while evil is found to be simply a negative condition, the absence of good. Evil is sometimes thought to be a very real condition, but it has no principle, no vitality, no life. We know this because it can always be destroyed by good. Just as truth destroys error and light destroys darkness, so evil vanishes when good appears. There is, therefore, but one principle in the moral world. We find exactly the same law obtaining in the spiritual world. We speak of mind and matter as two separate entities, but clearer insight makes it evident that there is but one operative principle, and that is mind. Mind is the real and the internal. Matter is forever changing. We know that it that in the eons of time, hundreds of years is but as a day. If we stand in any large city and let the eye rest on the innumerable large and magnificent buildings, the vast array of modern automobiles, cellular phones, and electric lights, <clears throat> and all other conveniences of the modern civilization, we may remember that not one of them was there just over a century ago. And if we stand on the same spot in a hundred years from now, in all probability, we shall find that but few of them remain. That is an interesting thought, y'all. I really must say, very interesting thought. Just think about that. In the animal kingdom, we find the same law of change. The millions and millions of animals come and go, a few years constituting their span of life. In the plant world, the change is still more rapid. Many plants and nearly all grasses come and go in a single year. When we pass to the inorganic, we expect to find something more substantial. But as we gaze on the apparently solid continent, we are told that it arose from the ocean. We see the giant mountain and are told that the place where it now stands was once a lake. And, we, and as we stand in awe before the great cliffs in the Yosemite Valley, we can easily trace the path of the glaciers which carried all before them. All right, y'all. Break time, break time. I just want to let y'all know, remind y'all again that this episode is sponsored by, of course, Speak Your Truth Life Coaching. There's going to be a link in the show notes or the description of this episode 
that's going to take you to a link tree that's going to have some freebies on there, some things that you're going to download. There's one, there's an ebook called Where Are You to help you, of course, go along with this book, actually, to help you figure out where you are in life and, of course, create where you want to go. Then, of course, there is a something for the couples out there called Unpacking the Baggage that will help you exactly do just that, unpack the baggage within your relationship so that you all can move forward better and grow together. So make sure you all check out those those two free things. And like I said, there's other workshops and courses and stuff like that on there also for you to check out, too. Let me get back to the book, y'all. Again, this is part number 19 of the book, The Master Key System. We are in the presence of continual change, and we know that this change is but the evolution of the universal mind, the grand process whereby all things are continually being created anew, and we come to know that matter is but a form which mind takes and is therefore simply a condition. Matter has no principle. Mind is the only principle. We have then come to know that mind is the only principle which is operative in the physical, mental, moral, and spiritual world. We also know that this mind is static, mind at rest. We also know that the ability of the individual to think is his ability to act upon the universal mind and convert it into dynamic mind or mind in motion. In order to do this, fuel must be applied in the form of food, for man cannot think without eating, and so we find that even a spiritual activity such as thinking cannot be converted into sources of pleasure and profit except by use of material means. It requires energy of some kind to collect electricity and convert it into a dynamic power. It requires the rays of the sun to give the necessary energy to sustain plant life. So it also requires energy in the form of food to enable the individual to think and thereby act upon the universal mind. You may know that thought constantly eternally is taking form is forever seeking expression or you may not but the fact remains that if your thoughts is powerful constructive and positive this will be plainly evident in the state of your health your business and your environment if your thought is weak critical destructive and negative generally it will manifest in your body as worry fear and nervousness and your finances as lack and limitation and in discordant conditions in your environment all wealth is the offspring of power. Possessions are of value only as they confer power. Evident events are significant only as they affect power. All things represent certain forms and degrees of power. A knowledge of cause and effect as shown by the laws governing steam, electricity, chemical affinity, gravitational, I mean, gravitation enables men to plan, I mean, to plan courageously and to execute fearlessly. These laws are called natural laws because they govern the physical world. But all power is not physical power. There is also mental power, and there is also moral and spiritual power. What are our schools, our universities, but mental powerhouses, places where mental power is developed? As there are many mighty powerhouses for the application of power to ponderous machinery, whereby raw material is collected and converted into necessities and comforts of life. So the mental powerhouses collect the raw materials and cultivate and develop it into a power which is infinitely superior to all forces of nature, marvelous though they may be. What is the raw material which is being collected in these thousands of mental powerhouses all over the world and developed into a power which is evidently controlling every other power? 
In its static form, it is mind. In its dynamic form, it is thought. This power is superior because it exists on a higher plane, because it has enabled man to discover the law by which these wonderful forces of nature could be harnessed and made to do the work of hundreds of thousands of men. It has enabled men to discover laws whereby time and space have been annihilated and the law of gravitation overcome. Thought is the vital force or energy which is being developed and which has produced such startling results in the last half century as to bring about a world which would be absolutely inconceivable to a man existing only 50 to 25 years ago. If such results have been secured by organizing these mental powerhouses in 50 years, what may not be expected in another 50 years? The substance from which all things are created is infinite in quantity. We know that light travels at a rate of 186,000 miles per second. That's fast. <laughs> and we know that there are stars too remote, so remote that it takes light 2,000 years to reach us. Oh, wow. I know I've heard that. That is very interesting, y'all. And we know that such starts exist in all parts of the heaven. We know, too, that this light comes in waves so that if the if, so that if the ether on which these waves travel was not continuous, the light would fail to reach us. We can then only come to the conclusion that this substance or ether or raw material is universally present. How then does it manifest in form? In electrical science, a battery is formed by connecting the opposite poles of zinc and copper, which causes a current to flow from one to another and so provides energy. This same process is repeated in respect to every polarity and as all form simply depends upon the rate of vibration and consequent relations of atoms to each other. If we wish to change the form of manifestation, we must change the polarity. This is the principle of causation. For your exercise this week, concentrate, and when I use the word concentrate, I mean all that the word implies. Become so absorbed in the object of your thought that you are conscious of nothing else, and do this a few minutes every day. You take the necessary time to eat in order that the body may be nourished. Why not take time to assimilate your mental food? Let the thought rest on the fact that appearances are deceptive. The earth is not flat, neither is it stationary. The sky is not a dome. The sun does not move. The stars are not small specks of light. And which and matter which was once supposed to be fixed has been found to be in a state of perpetual flux. Try to realize that the day is fast approaching. Its dawn is now at hand. When modes of thought and action must be adjusted to rapidly increasing knowledge of the operation of eternal principles. Here's a, th um, a quote by Channing. Silent thought is, after all, the mightiest agent in human affairs. All right, y'all, that's the end of the chapter, but we still got more things to go. We still got um, the study questions and answers to go for part number 19. So number one, how are, how are extremes placed in contrast? They are designated by distinctive names such as inside, outside, top and bottom, light and dark, good and bad. Two, are these separate entities? No, they are parts or aspects of a whole, of one whole. Three, what is the creative principle in the physical, mental and spiritual world? The universal mind or the eternal energy from which all things proceed? 
Four, how are we related to this creative principle by our ability to think? Five, how does this creative principle become operative? Thought is the seed which results in action and action results in form. Six, upon what does form depend? Upon the rate of vibration. Seven, how may the rate of vibration be changed by mental action? Eight, upon what does mental action depend? Upon polarity, action, and reaction between the individual and the universal. Nine, does the creative energy... Sorry about that, y'all. Does the creative energy originate in the individual or universal? In the universal, but the universal can manifest only through the individual. And number 10, why is the individual necessary? Because the universal is static and requires energy to start it in motion. This is furnished by food, which is converted into energy, which in turn enables the individual to think. When the individual stops eating, he stops thinking. Then he no longer acts upon the universal. There is consequently no longer any action or reaction. The universal is the only pure mind in static form, mind at rest. Okay, yeah, that was an awesome part. I really enjoyed that part. Just the, uh, like I said, the um, the power of thought and our fear. I guess I put it that way because that, that's how I started. How fear, of course, can paralyze us and those kind of things. Like I said, those are all the thoughts that we have. Fear is really not there is what it's saying, but it's just, a thought that we have that, that stops us in our tracks to make us stop doing the action or make us procrastinate. So like I said, definitely this was a powerful chapter. So make sure, like I said, if you haven't heard the other 18 parts or chapters to the master key system, make sure that you look back on my podcast and check all those out. Uh, and then of course, join me for part number 20. I'll see you on the next episode. Y'all again, this episode is sponsored by speaker truth life coaching. Again, this is Tanetta clay, your life and relationship coach here to here to help you fix your life and your relationships. So take care y'all. I'll see y'all in the next episode.